Hi, this is Allie Grubert from Duet, and you are listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. Hey, awesome food bloggers. Before we dig into this episode, I have a really quick favor to ask you. Go to your favorite podcast player, go to Eat Blog Talk, scroll down to the bottom where you see the ratings and review section. Leave eBlog Talk a five-star rating if you love this podcast and leave a great review. This will only benefit this podcast. It adds value. And I so very much appreciate your efforts with this. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, now on to the episode. Hey, food bloggers. Welcome to eBlog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and confidence that will move the needle forward in their businesses. This episode is sponsored by Rank IQ. I am your host, Megan Porta, and you are listening to episode number 341. I have Allie Grummert with me today. I'm so excited. We're going to have a conversation about how to segment your email subscribers so you can get higher conversion rates and more revenue. Allie is the email marketing strategist and conversion copywriter and owner of Duet. She helps bloggers and content creators make a killer first impression through automated welcome and nurture sequences. She accomplishes this by helping clients build intentional email strategies that engage readers, build brand loyalty, and optimize conversions for sales and site traffic. Allie also holds the coveted spot as the email marketing industry expert for the Food Blogger Pro membership community. She is a recommended expert through NerdPress, and she's been featured on industry podcasts, including the Copywriter Club podcast, Systems Saved Me, and the Food Blogger Pro podcast. Allie, such a pleasure to have you here. How are you doing today? I am good. That's a long intro. Wait, you have to take a deep breath for that. My apologies for the whole long list of, of all the things, but yeah, I get to work with some pretty awesome people. So yes, you doing do. Well today. I've been looking forward to this. That was actually a short intro. I I have some that are longer. And yeah, it's it's like not something obviously that I say often, like they're all individualized. So sometimes it does become a mouthful, like all the, the strategist words and the... But there are a lot I, of big words in there. I got, I got through it. I think I did pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, we would love to hear your fun fact, Ellie. Yeah. Well, I have two because I can never not tell anyone this, but I was actually born without a sense of smell. So that's like my super weird fun fact. That's yeah. Oh man. One of my very best friends, we're celebrating 15 years of friendship this month. I met her right before college, but Ooh. she and I were roommates for five years. That girl would smell my clothes for me, like just <laughs> no straight to an armpit. And I'm like, Lord, if I could not pray for a better friend, this is uh, the one. And that's, there's a reason why we were friends for 15 years. I'm sure I benefit her in some ways, but when we lived together, I would just like have a pile of clothes and she'd give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down and we would just go on with our day. But now she's married with a kid and I am grateful that I have a boyfriend who's not afraid to stick his Because <laughs> I just have like a terrible like fear of stinking. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll just shower. Yep. You know what? I'll shower. Just go to the default. Always shower yeah. when in doubt. <laughs> yeah. So that's my super weird fun fact. But my maybe more normal one is I actually got started with blogging as a personal finance blogger. Wow. So that... Yeah, I joke that I'm super fun to have at parties because I'm like, I love budgeting. Do you want to talk about budgeting? <laughs> I've been doing budgeting on Friday nights since I can't remember when. It's just like by default. I'm like, well, I don't want to talk to people. I'm done peopling. Um, so I'm going to sit here with my laptop and check my, you know, my credit oh my card goodness. and all of that. So, and it's funny because I have one of my good girlfriends will do the same thing and we'll text each other and be like, are you checking your budget? Like, boy, <laughs> 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 tantalizing Friday nights with yeah. Allie. <laughs> super fun. Super fun to have a party. So, and then my boyfriend doesn't budget and I'm just like, do we need to talk about this? Like, how do you 
know how much money you have or where money's going. And so, yeah, big nerd on that front. Oh my goodness. Those are all so funny. So I have a question about your sense of smell. Does that affect your sense of taste? So great question because, and I can taste, but the kind of the theory has always been if I could smell, I'd probably be able to taste more distinctly. Mm. So I've always had a I really like pungent foods. So like your feta, your oh. like garlic, stuff like that. Yeah. So I can't taste. I don't like spicy food. That's a that's a hard pass for me. Blue cheese. Do you like blue cheese? I love blue cheese. Like all okay. the gorgonzola you could give me, I will mm. take it. So, and like uh, Caesar dressing, things like that that are just right. Pungent is probably not a nice word <laughs> for it, but like, you know what I mean? They've got a little extra bite to it. They're stronger flavors. So I like food like that, but gosh, right now it's like cantaloupe season and I cannot get enough. Like, oh, yummy. So apparently I can taste because I am just drawn to it. I'm like an addict. I'm like, can I have the whole bowl? There <laughs> is the nothing bowl. better than a perfectly ripe cantaloupe, just like that juicy flesh. Oh, so delicious. Do you, do you salt your summer? I do. Oh my gosh, that's funny. When I was a kid, my dad taught me to salt cantaloupe and also the honeydew melon and watermelon. Mm-hmm. And people think that is nuts, but it just adds a little something. You would fit in just fine here in Nebraska. Oh, good. That's okay. what we do here. Well, I'm not sure about smelling your armpits quite yet, Allie, <laughs> but maybe we'll get there. By the end of the conversation, we might be... <laughs> Okay, we could probably just keep having these conversations, but we should probably segue to segmenting email subscribers because I'm super curious to hear about this too. So I was telling you before we recorded that this has actually been a conversation that I've had with multiple food bloggers lately. They're just like, I don't know where to start. How do I do this? How and why should I be segmenting? So we are going to learn from you today. Can you just start with explaining what does it mean to segment if somebody does not know what that term means and why we should be doing this? Yeah. So segmenting, if you think about it, like your list is full of a bunch of different email addresses, a bunch of different individuals behind those email addresses, and they all have different interests. So what you're able to do by segmenting your list is be able to determine what sections of those lists want different types of content, basically. So instead of just sending an email to your whole list all of the time or automated emails that go to everyone, you're actually figuring out who would benefit best from certain information. The simplest I can explain it. Yeah, no, that is the perfect way to describe it. And does it matter which email service provider you're on? Can most of them do this? Is it like, because I feel like that seems really complicated, but maybe it's not. Yeah, most of them can. I will have to, I actually have, I put together a whole comparison spreadsheet as part of a blog post. If anybody wants it, it's totally free that compares them all. But the only one that I would say that doesn't do it well would be MailChimp. Basically, if you have a form and you have a way to mark who came in through a form, that's one way to segment. And we can get into more details about that. But yeah, if you can also track links. So if anybody clicks on something in particular. So really good platforms for that would be like ActiveCampaign, ConvertKit, which is what I use. MailerLite has it as well. So we can get into more details. But yes, most platforms can do that. Okay. Because I know that food bloggers are all across the board as far as what they use. I hear like... The, some of the ones that you just mentioned, MailerLite, ConvertKit, Flowdesk. I know AWeber is kind of an underutilized one. Yeah. I would say Flowdesk does an okay job. It's not 
as polished as maybe some of the others on the technical side. It's really polished on the front side. It's very pretty. But yeah, the reason why I usually steer away from MailChimp is because the way that it was initially built as a system was basically each list that you create was its own independent list. So you know how you could like, I don't know if you've been in MailChimp, but you can toggle to a different list. So you could essentially have like, six different opt-ins, but you have six different lists and those lists don't communicate to one another. They added tags in later. They added in groups. Like it's not something that's Mm. really intuitive to use from the beginning. And it's an older system that just hasn't shifted the way that like, you know, ConvertKit and Flowdesk have been created out of this need to be able to segment, to be able to know who your individual subscribers are, to be able to send more tailored content to them. And so MailChimp's just not really built for that anymore. And it's more of like a system you'd have to finagle Mm. I don't I don't know if it's worth it. That doesn't sound <laughs> ideal. No. <laughs> Can you give us some examples of types of segments that we could possibly create? Yeah. So as far as like why we want to do this in the first place before we even get there, it's just we want to be able to serve your readers better. We want to be able to share more relevant content. And ultimately, we want to keep them happy and engaged and opening your emails. So think about different ways that you can present the content that you have on your site to them in a way that makes sense. So I specialize in welcome and nurture sequences. So this is when we're really first introducing you to your reader. They haven't scrolled through your whole website. They don't know like the, you know, your most popular recipes or the different kind of topics, perhaps that you share the kind of content themes that you have. So that's one way that we could introduce them to your content is by sharing different content themes. And if people are really interested in say instant pot recipes, that's the kind of recipes they get instead of air fryer, perhaps. Another would be separating your new subscribers by skill level. So people who are new to being a home cook, that they get different content than maybe people who've been doing it for a while. One that is really relevant for food bloggers would be being able to parse out and know who your vegetarians are. So this is something that we did with Pinch of Yum when I worked with them was being able to say, I'm a vegetarian. (laughs) They can click that and then they get a tag added in the email service platform. And we are able to exclude that individual from getting recipes that are only about meat or be able to send them a more specific email with vegetarian recipes. That way, you know, they're what they're doing is they're telling us their preferences and we are able to model and modify the content that they get as a result of that. Right. And that's the kind of like quote unquote customer service that we like in the world, right? Like don't treat me like a number. I'm an individual. Mm -hmm. Give people an opportunity to tailor their content from you, you know, to an extent that makes sense. You can't bend over for everyone, but in a way that you could create a better experience for them while they're experiencing your content. Okay. And that makes perfect sense. So we're really like, depending on what our niche is and what we provide for recipes, I mean, there could be many options. Like you mentioned vegetarian uh, recipes or vegan or gluten-free. I mean, you could go on and on like beef, you know, you could segment probably anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so like what we did with Pinterview, it's really simple. Like they have two segments that they send their new broadcast to. So if it's a meat recipe, it goes out to everyone excluding the vegetarians. Right. So in a way, you're reducing the noise in someone's inbox when they've already told you that they're not interested. So as much as you want to stay top of mind, you'd rather stay top of mind with content that's relevant, relevant to them. Reduce inbox noise. We can all relate to that because (laughs) I have so much noise in my inbox and everybody does. So we have to be aware of that and just be sensitive to the fact that not everybody wants every single recipe we send out. So that's kind of the idea here is to just streamline what people are getting. 
Yeah. So when you think about what these segments would be, consider what kind of content you would want to make sure that every new subscriber who is interested in cookies got from you. Like your top favorite cookie recipes, maybe the ones that get the most traffic or the ones that have the highest like affiliate, you know, link conversion rates, the ones who are bringing in dollars that way. But that way, when you're actually sending those emails, it's to the people who really want them the most. And another strategy to that too, which we can cover more in depth, I suppose, too, but you can exclude people who aren't interested in those things. So if you have an automated ongoing nurture sequence and you've got emails in there that are specific to air fryer and people have told you, I don't have an air fryer, I'm not interested, you can just have them skip getting those emails. How easy is this to do? (laughs) Way easier to do in ConvertKit. So in ConvertKit, like in a sequence of emails, you could have like, I have 52 in my ongoing nurture sequence and I can go in and set up an individual filter for one email within there and say, exclude anyone who's already purchased this product. So they'll just skip that email and go to the next one when it's their time to get a new email. Okay, so super easy in ConvertKit. I have not tried this. So I use Flowdesk on one side of my business and MailerLite on the other. And I've never tried this. I've always had dreams, goals <laughs> to do it. I think it's intimidating because I just don't know how difficult it is. So outside of ConvertKit, is it like a big workaround? Kind of depends on how you can build out your map. Like Active Campaign will let you basically skip an email. They've got this sweet little like action step just says go from here to here and skip an email if they don't have this tag or if they have this tag. In uh, MailerLite and Flowdesk, both they are a little bit more linear. So then when you build it out, basically what you'd have to do in the workflow is end the workflow based on if they have this tag. And if they do have this tag, they just end the workflow. If they don't have this tag, then they go into a new one, perhaps. So you'd just have to separate them into pieces of a workflow. Flowdesk would probably... Flowdesk and MailerLite would probably be the same on that Okay. Front. But what's also cool, I'll tell you this, I don't think you can do this in Flowdesk yet, but there is something called conditional content. This is in basically everything but Flowdesk. They might be, I think they're working on it. But within the email itself, you can hide a certain content from a subscriber. So instead of them not getting the email at all, they can get the email but exclude the content that's not relevant to them. Or you can replace it with different content. So it's basically like hidden messages, if you okay. will. So you can basically say, if someone has this tag, show this content. Ah, okay. Or if they have this tag, hide this content. So if you go into MailerLite and you go into your email editor builder and you hover over a section, you'll see a little eyeball. Click on that. And then you can pick, I want to show it to everyone except anybody who has the vegetarian tag. Okay. So that way you don't have to like move them out of workflows, but you can still send them the email, but include different content. Okay. I feel like this requires a different part of my brain than (laughs) like taking photos and writing a blog post. (laughs) Well, and that's where perhaps it's not something like, you know, creating this whole ongoing nurture sequence and it's filtering people out. Like that is pretty complicated and you might not need that. If all it is, is it, okay, after someone completes my welcome sequence, if they have this tag, they get these five emails. That's simple. That is, you know, part of onboarding them and integrating them into your world in a really simple way. But you don't have to like do it for the lifetime of them being on your list either. Right. And okay, what something you just said triggered something in me that made sense. So when I tend to overcomplicate things, which I do often, I just have to go back to the basics and start simple, like do something really simple. And then once that makes sense, then you can make it more complicated. So maybe that's what I need to do here. And maybe 
that would help me to just kind of wrap my brain around it. Yeah. And if you just use the segmentation beyond that for like your live broadcast or your brand new emails, you know, then you send two emails. You send one to the ones yeah. with the vegetarian tag and one to the ones without. You know, if that allows you just to say, I know I'm serving my audience better in this way, great. And if it overcomplicates it, do take that and try and replicate it into an automation, then don't worry about it. Yeah. You don't have to. <laughs> but you know that you're serving your audience well with what you sent out. Yeah, I like that. That simplifies it for me. Let's take a quick break to talk about the Eat Blog Talk Mastermind program, Food Bloggers. If you are looking for a supportive group of peers to hold you accountable in 2023 so you can level up, this program is for you. By joining the Eat Blog Talk Mastermind program, you will accomplish more in 12 months than you would in over five years when relying on your own efforts. You will find clarity on projects and you'll expand your network of peers, which will open up tons of opportunity for you and your business. Also, you will get firsthand access to relevant trends and information that will stop your wheels from spinning once and for all. Secure your spot now in order to lock in at the current pricing. You will also get your 90-minute planning session now with me so you have a solid plan for your business heading into Q4. And you'll be able to attend all monthly guest expert sessions for the remainder of 2022. To get in on all this value, go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash mastermind. Again, eatblogtalk.com forward slash mastermind. And the rest of us cannot wait to have you in the group. Now back to the episode. Okay, so what are ways to segment? Do we do this? You mentioned like in a welcome sequence, maybe. What other ways can we start to do this? Yeah, so one of the ways that I often do for my clients is have readers self-segment themselves in a welcome sequence. And this typically looks like clicking on a link. It's just super easy. We tell them, hey, I want to learn more about what's important to you. Will you click below to let me know? And then you can say like, and I'll be sending you more content just for that information. And the link might be through to your homepage. It could be through to a category page on your site for a certain type of recipe. Or maybe it's things that are like, I want more hacks or I want more dessert recipes. It could be really anything, but that should add a tag to their profile. You can do a couple things with this tag. You can use that to trigger a follow-up sequence. You can also just keep that information stored <laughs> in your subscriber information. So you kind of know, oh, like 50% of my audience really wants more recipe or more recipes yeah. around cantaloupe. <laughs> no, yeah. but, I don't know. I'm thinking about cantaloupe. It's summer. <laughs> um, but, you know, and then you can use that more just for data and for informing yourself. But ideally what would happen is after the welcome sequence, they would kind of get dropped into another sequence that they would get on a weekly basis with content related to what they clicked on. And perhaps it's a skill level. So this is what we did with Pinch of Yum is that when you join their list, we asked them, like we asked the reader, are you brand new to cooking? If so, you are super welcome here. We're going to make this fun. But click here and we'll get you some like, you know, early beginner trainings, if you will. And they get these five emails that are like, you know, we're not talking about blenders. We're not talking about food processors. We are talking about the knives, the cutting boards, you know, the stuff you need to have in your pantry, how to cut up garlic, you know, and it's only over five emails, but it's a way to really like bridge that gap for people who are like intimidated, who don't know what, you know, tikka is or tofu or like, how, what do I do with this? You know, so we're teaching them so they can benefit more from the rest of the content that the Pinch of Yum team. Yeah. Oh, that's smart. Just by, yeah. And then once they, after they graduate from there, they could potentially move on to a new skill level. Yeah. 
So what we actually did with them is we have a a beginner segment or sequence of emails. And then we also have one that's just general. So we asked them like, or have you been around the block? If you just want to hop into like some of our best recipes and tools that we use, just click here. So some people can go, go directly there. If they click on the beginner one, they go through those five emails and then we send them through the next one. So yeah, we have people click through welcome sequence for them. I have another client that based on how people opt in, so this is in the personal finance space. So there's investing, there's things about student loans. Well, they get a tag when they get those, when they opt in, but they first go through the welcome sequence. And by the end of the welcome sequence, based on whatever tags they got, those are the sequences that they go into. So it's just kind of like, we hold that information until they're fully welcomed and introduced to the whole brand and everything that they have to offer. And then they get their more specific content. This could go on forever. Like you could create so many different options, right? I feel like this could be this huge weave of just this big map of sequences. Well, and what we did with Pinch of Yum, so I mentioned like they get the five emails for the beginners and then they get another five emails for the more general nurture sequence right after that. So it's like 10 weeks. Whereas this finance blog I'm working with, we just set these different topics to go out a different day of the week. So like they'll get their investing emails on Mondays for 10 weeks and they'll get their student loan emails on Wednesdays for 10 weeks. And so it's a lot of information, but they've also opted in to get it. And then this kind of goes back to excluding. If you can offer people an option to say, I'm no longer interested in student loan information and they click it and it can remove them from that workflow, that's, you know, serving them well. They've gotten what they needed, but they still want the rest of your information the rest of the time. And that's okay. You're just giving them an option to opt out of part of your content. Right. Are there other ways to segment other than what you've talked about? (laughs) Yeah. So you can also just cross promote your different opt-ins. So say you're like, oh, Allie, that would have been nice to know when I created all these things forever ago. But what you can do is now that you have these opt-ins that are maybe specific towards pasta dishes or something, and you want to know who else is interested in pasta, share it with your existing list. So yeah, you're gathering the data on the new subscribers, but share it with your current list and see who clicks through. If you don't have an option for link triggers, like in ConvertKit or ActiveCampaign, you just link to the actual form. And then they just go put their name, like their name and email in again. Sure, that's not ideal, but it's like, hey, do you want this 10-day course on pasta? <laughs> They're like, yeah. And they put their information in, then you can gather that and send them more related content. So you can still be segmenting your list, even if it's an active list you've got going on now. And then I mentioned the other option instead of opting in is allowing them the option to opt out. So I host a monthly roundtable to talk about email marketing because I'm like a super nerd <laughs> and then like come talk to me about it. So, but the email that sends out the recap, the recording of the session at the end is like no longer interested in roundtable emails, just click here. You know, so then they're only, they're not going to get those anymore unless they opt in for another roundtable in the future. So If you think about that as a reader, as a subscriber, you're like, thank you for the options. (laughs) Because like, I've done that where I'm like, I just want to change my email address. I don't want to unsubscribe from you. Just, just give me the option. Yeah, right. It's kind of scary to think about allowing people the opportunity to opt out, but actually that's serving them and it's serving you because they are going to maybe stay on your list for other reasons and not feel like, oh, I need to get everything. They can just get what they want. Right. I also, so my ongoing nurture sequence that I mentioned, it's like 50 some weeks long, goes out on Tuesdays and my brand new emails go out on Thursdays and most of them get repurposed 
and get added to that longer sequence. But I have a different template that I use for each one. So the Tuesday emails, because they're automated, I just have a link at the bottom that says, not interested in the best of duet emails, you know, click here just to get the new stuff. And so it just removes them from that sequence. And they're only getting my Thursday emails. How much time do you invest in this? My own? None, really. Oh, really? (laughs) I mean, like I write an email, I convert it into a blog post. I mean, I kind of do it backwards, but I'm also not like a career blogger. I just want that information also on my site. I say career blogger because I know that's that's who we're talking to. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, this is an art. Whereas I just write the email, turn it into a blog post, and then I make it evergreen. I'm saying with quotation marks, you know, putting it into a nurture sequence. So as long as it's something that's not going to be super outdated, it can go in there because just, and this is a big like, mindset shift for a lot of people when it comes to email, but just because you created something two years ago, doesn't mean it's not helpful to people Mm now, you know, you're like, well, that recipe is old. Or I hear this all the time from personal finance. Well, that blog post is old. I'm like, is it still about budgeting? (laughs) Does it still help you solve problems? Like we need to get that in front of people. It's more just like a, a mindset thing that we have. So no, my initial emails that I sent out to my list in 2019, not my best work, but is it encouraging people to get out and send emails? Yeah. It's doing the job. So sure, I would love to go and refine that and make it even better. But I also know that it's still serving a purpose. And I'm glad that that content is at least being shared. I love that you brought that up because we do get into that mindset trap of thinking that just because we've published it at some point that nobody wants to see it again. And that is totally not true. People forget from quarter to quarter even. I forget Mm -hmm. my own content. Mm -hmm. So of course they're going to forget. Well, and not everyone has read all of your blog posts exactly. or opened all of your emails, yes. which is like a bit of a pride hit. You're like, they have it. I'm like, your mom maybe has, but not everyone <laughs> else. And like what I love about planning this out with my clients is like, we get to come at it. Like we do audience research. So we know what your audience is looking for when they come to your site. We know what they love about you. We know what their favorite blog posts of yours are. We have that. But then you as the creator of your site get to look at it and say, what do I want everyone to get? What would be so helpful for anybody who's learning about baking cookies? (laughs) Like, what is it they need? And we get, you get to really strip that back and say, is it certain ingredients? Is it certain tools? Are there like fail proof recipes that would give, would build them confidence in making more of our recipes? Like, what are those things? So you kind of get to craft that kind of mindset along with what content you already have on your site. That is Uh, going to blow their mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That is the ultimate goal, right? (laughs) Yeah. 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 And, you know, whatever we can do to give them that step up, I think, yeah, you've got your like seasoned people who know how to cook or grill or bake or whatnot, but you also have a lot of people who are new to it. So how do we just give them that step up into your world, into your universe, and you get to make them feel comfortable? Hmm. Well said. How does this help us to get higher conversions and increase our revenue? Because those are two things that a lot of us want. Yeah. So in general, personalized content performs better than generalized content, right? If someone like says your name and is looking at you in the eye, you're like, I hear you, you know, much better than just speaking to a whole crowd perhaps. So what that looks like is when you're sending subscribers content that's relevant to them, you're just more likely going to see higher open and click through rates, right? Those are the conversions that we want. So this is links through to your blog. This is links through to products that you're selling or affiliate programs that you're part of. So you don't want to be pitching like ButcherBox 
to your vegetarians mm. on your list, right? So like, it's just, it's going to perform better if you're only sending it to people that really want it. So an example of that. So I mentioned when I worked with Pinch of Yum on there. So like they're new to cooking segment, their beginner cooks, that segment is one that they opted into, right? So that's not the one that they go into by default if no one clicks. This is like, yes, like Lindsay and team, I want this, these emails. It has almost a 62% open rate on average Ooh. between all those emails and over 19% click rate. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Kind of insane. Whereas in the nurture, general nurture sequence, some people choose to go in there, but then it's also the, our default for if people don't choose. And then the people from the beginner segment funnel into there as well, right? We've already created this content and it's helpful for most people. We just have to decide when they get it. But the open rate for that is almost 45% and a click-through rate of almost 7%. So still really good. But if you look at the difference between 62% open and 44, yeah. we're almost 20% click-through rate and seven, you can just see that the personalized content was really active and in gear for the people who are excited to be there. So definitely worthwhile to at least segment a little bit just to experiment and see how it kind of pans out. That's a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and those are phenomenal open and click-through rates regardless. Yeah. yeah. So that was just something to see that that personalized content, people are just going to respond to it differently. And there's like, I have to, I don't know the name of the the psychological thing that happens, but when you ask people for their input and then they receive that information, they're more likely to respond because they felt heard. It's an actual science. I'd have to look up the actual name of it, like about a phenomenon. So if you're like, yeah, if you're just giving people the option to tell you what they want more of, they're already going to Mm. engage with you better. That is interesting. I always appreciate when entrepreneurs are like, I don't know, creating a book, writing a book, and they have a book cover that they want Mm -hmm. you to give input on. And when I give input, I feel like I'm part of their project. So something kind of along those lines is what you're saying. Yes. Like invested. You're more invested once you've given your feedback or your input. Yep. And like there's an actual like phenomenon that happens where you feel more connected to that person. So I can definitely look up that information and get that back to you. Oh, I found it. Oh, wow. Look at you. I didn't want to type, so I found my phone. Um, I learned it from a conference. It's called the Barnum 4 Effect. It was developed in the 40s, and it helps your prospect believe something about themselves that then leads them to be more engaged with your offer. Wow, that's so cool. I always love it when there's something psychological that you can tie into a strategy. (laughs) I did not learn that myself. That was from another copywriter. So. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. What if we missed Ellie? Anything that we should cover? Hmm, let's see. Really? I think as far as like how to actually get started with this, I would say number one, determine if there are any significantly different approaches to your content that would benefit your readers. So segmenting might not be for everyone. If you're like, all I do is blog about baking and if they're not interested in baking, they can go then that's okay. (laughs) Just like send all of your baking content to everyone. But if you really want to get specific or if you want to create, you know, kind of those different pods of learning, you know, like pods being like, you know, four or five emails around a specific topic and you want to make sure people get that right away, then consider that as far as like, is it content themes? Is it a skill level when coming to your site or learning how to do something? Yeah. And determine, is that significant enough to warrant this kind of approach. But then also think like if you have products or if you have a cookbook or if you have ebooks related to a certain content, think of that as like kind of your end point. So if you have like salads, if you have a salad ebook and you've got people saying, yes, I want more salads, give them free salad, free salad, free salad. 
oh, I also have this ebook with 15 salads that aren't even on the website. It's $5, right? Like that's mm-hmm. going to perform better because you're speaking directly to the people who've already told you that they're interested. So you kind of have to work backwards. Where's the end goal? And what will this do for your existing content or products? Or, right. just, for the, or just for the experience of your reader on your site. You get to pick, pick what is most prevalent. I have a blogger friend, Monica from the Hidden Veggies, and she does this so well, what you just said. So she has like the end result in mind and which are for her eBooks about like vegan cheese, which is like a miracle in my opinion. (laughs) And then, yeah, she works backwards and then builds up this series with the end goal of selling that eBook. And she is so successful And by the time this episode publishes, her episode will have published. She and I recorded one. I think it, oh, it goes up in a couple of weeks. So definitely worth listening to, to kind of round out our conversation too, Allie. So you could tie that in. It's just, I think, so beneficial to think of that end result. If you do have a product or maybe you don't have a product, but you want to create a product Mm -hmm. to sell and then build segments around that to kind of support it. Absolutely. Yeah. And then when you think about it, so now you have this little sequence of emails and you're pitching a paid product, even if it's like a small cost. But now now if you go back to the top of the funnel again, you can create more opt-ins that are related to salads. Maybe it's salad dressings, maybe it's salad toppings, and you get them on your list. You've already tagged them for salads. So when they're done with your welcome sequence or whatnot, they go into the salad sequence and then they get these salad recipes in an ebook. Oh my gosh, right? so much opportunity. So can, <laughs> right? So it kind of cycles back around. You're like, now that I've built it, I can drive more traffic there. Yeah, my wheels are turning. That is, <laughs> it's super fun to think of that, especially if you have an end goal in mind that is a dollar, like, you know, dollar signs. You want to ultimately sell your products and make money. So I think that's good motivation for people to build something like this. That's really Absolutely. effective. Yeah. So I think that's everything. <laughs> I mean, we could go on for longer, but yeah. This was so great. I feel like this rounds out all of my other email-related conversations so nicely. So thank you so much for being here, Allie. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's good to connect with you. Do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with? Yes. Actually, I remember hearing this quote at my first job out of college, and it's from Julia Child. It says, find something you're passionate about and keep tremendously interested in it. And I think, no, I know that that gave me permission. It's like, girl, if you like budgeting, go find your budgeting people, (laughs) you know, or like whatever it is that like, and I joke, I I think it's true. I don't think being nerdy is a bad thing. Everybody's a nerd about something. It just Mm -hmm. means that like, you're deeply passionate about it. Go find your other people who are nerdy about it. Like, I don't think I am. I know way too much about Taylor Swift. Let me tell you. <laughs> but I can find the other people who also know way too much about like all of her albums and like past boyfriends, whatever. Like I would win Taylor Swift trivia. <laughs> the chance, You know, but it's like, I don't, yeah, don't feel bad for being excited or passionate about something. No matter what it is, you'll find your people. Just be you. Let you shine, right? Be tremendously interested in it. Oh, I love that. And I love that Julia is the person who said it because it's food related. Well, we'll put together show notes and we will put a bunch of awesome stuff in here. Everything we've talked about today from Allie. So you can find those at eatblogtalk.com forward slash duet and duet is spelled with two T's. Tell everyone where they can find you online, social media and everywhere else. 
Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Allie Grummert, A-L-L-E-A. Oh, the whole thing is hard to spell. So I'll find it in the show notes. Otherwise, if you find me at duet.co, I have tons of free resources. I have that free monthly roundtable. Every month we cover a different topic of email and then answer any uh, pressing questions that people have. And then just for you guys, I've also added a discount code to my segmentation PDF resource. So it's made up of a ton of different videos on how to actually implement segmentation, no matter what platform you're in. And so you can find that link in the show notes too. Thank you for that. That's so great. And yes, we will definitely put those there. Thank you so much, Allie. I have loved our conversation today. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Please share this episode with a friend who would benefit from tuning in. I will see you next time.